Welcome back! Episode 28, can you believe it, Ben? Not, not really, it's quite scary, to be honest. Well, and also, good evening, mate. Good evening to you too. <laughs> so, guys, thanks for joining us. Hopefully not quite such an epic length, you know. Uh, this will be more like the exciting trailer, um, perhaps, this episode. We'll see how we go. Um, so, tonight... Does that mean we have desk, to do it in trailer voice? Did you just interrupt me? I did. This is outrageous. Yes, we should do it in trailer voice. Tonight on the Hobby Desk. <laughs> Two brave adventurers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, that's enough of that. Um, so on the Hobby Desk, we have Lake Town. I've been um, bodging some stuff together to, to stick that together. And Ben's been painting some chain rasps. In the galaxy of war, there are tiny, weeny titans that are big. <laughs> yeah, make of that what you will. We'll chat about that and a bit of Kill Team. Uh, Into the Mortal Realms, where there's the uh, that's my um, my mother-in-law's personal transport to talk about, um, being the uh, Black Coach <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a bunch of new Stormcast stuff. Uh, and then a couple of shout-outs for the community. And Into the Wilds, which is uh, yet more of the absolutely fantastic Middle-Earth strategy battle game. Um, no bias at all there. So, Ben, are you ready? I am. You are good. Let's go onto the hobby desk. Hi guys, welcome back to uh, episode 28, and we're going to kick off with the hobby desk like we normally do. Um, oh, hang on, I've had a... hang on, interrupting you. Guys, grab your refreshments. I nearly forgot. We don't want anyone passing out. Go get them, pause. No. Right, they're back. Go on, Ben. Stiff drink to deal with you. Hmm, and... um. What's that stuff called? Pro Plus to deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not condoning that anyone takes Pro Plus to deal with Ben. No. Good good for painting, though. Yeah. If you fancy not sleeping. Um, so, Hobby Desk. I've had a quiet one. Have yeah, it, by which like, you mean you've only painted like 15 miniatures or something. No, more than yeah, that. Yeah. 20... Were... So you painted 20. your chain rasps, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. But they went, they were sort of a little bit done when we last spoke anyway. Um, but they, you know, they're done. They're cool. And the guide was, I thought the guide was like quite fun to do actually. So I'll probably do more of those. But, um, I think the thing that I want to talk about the most on the hobby desk is the kill team scenery. So I yeah. really enjoyed putting that together. It's um, awesome, isn't it? it is. It really is. The details are phenomenal. Like, um, the, the radiators, the fans, the radiators. W when they were talking about them on the video, I didn't quite know what they meant. Uh, I couldn't imagine what a 40k radiator looked like, but you know those big old like cast iron radiators yeah. that you you get in like schools, yeah, like, yeah. No? just like that, like <laughs> really wicked. <laughs> it's so like steampunk. It's fantastic. Um, the structure on those buildings. It's so good. Like how robust they are. 
I was really impressed. Really, really impressed. And got really excited and pulled out all of my old City Fight scenery. Um, and then got really frustrated because it wasn't anywhere near as good. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't build a floor. It's like it keeps bowing. Um, I probably could do with some sort of struts to support it underneath, but you know that stuff wasn't even necessary with the new with the new the new scenery. So really, quite impressed with that. Actually, Dan. I was quite impressed by the way like the broken floors can be put together to make yeah. a, a floor with like a crack in it instead. Yeah, yeah. I thought that yeah, was, I was. The statues look really good. Yeah, we are quite excited to get the other sets. What I what I'm really excited about is. Inevitably, with these things, they're released, and for like a couple of weeks, a month, everyone sort of builds them in the way that they came in the box, and then you get ever so slowly, you start to get people messing around with them and adding them together with Mechanicum Step, with it in this case, but you know, having a play with them and seeing what they can come up with. Mm. I'm really looking forward to that because because they're interchangeable with the Mechanicum Set. There, there's a massive amount of possibilities with them. Like a huge amount. Yeah. I don't think there's much limitations to it, really. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that, that you know, how, what people come out with. Um, I'd love to just buy like 500 quid's worth of it, clip them all off, and then just shove them on a desk and go mental. <laughs> like, sit in a sea of plastic, like a kid in a big pile of Lego. Yeah. I think that would be wicked. <laughs> yeah. It would be like a dream come true. Um but it has, interestingly, we've been talking about scenery for a little while, haven't we? About to base or not to base? Yeah. Yeah, we mentioned, we talked about it a lot, haven't we? And I, when I was building the, when I was building the one that was out of the old stuff, I got about halfway through and then I realised I needed to base it. Because it just wasn't structurally sound without the base. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting because a lot of the newer kits really are quite, you know, robust as you build them. So that they, you know, they don't need the base at all. Whereas that one, to build it with any big size, or any scale, I'm a, like the one I went for was fairly ridiculous. Um, yeah, you didn't it, go for a little, little building, did you? Well, you can't really with the Imperial Shrine kit, can you? No. That whopping <laughs> great big eagle is. No. <laughs> it, it's not a small thing. Um, I got, I had two of those because what I was going to do with the heads was, with the eagle of one, I was going to have one as a piece of scenery and the other one was going to go on the front of the scratch built Titan I was doing. Oh, yes. Be- because I've kind of shelved that idea, um, for time more than anything else, I've, I sort of built a, you know, one out of that. I, I've actually kind of decided with the second one, I'm going to do like a, a precinct that I can use for Necromunda and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> I fully mix it, mix it with a, a bastion, and turn it into like a proper, you know, precinct, which I thought would be quite good fun. Um, and then paint it black with like the gold eagle. Of course. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm all sceneried up at the moment. I need to. I almost need to calm myself down because uh, I really want to finish the new the new the Soul Wars box set before I move on to anything else, but. That's still quite a lot to do on that, then. There is, yeah. Because you haven't started the um, Stormcast yet, have you? No, mate, I haven't. I haven't done any of the Stormcast. I've put them together. I've put them together. Oh, that's something else I did, actually. I put together the um, 
Well, what's the 25 quid starters box set, you think? I don't remember, mate. Um, I know you got very excited about what's it. What's that called? Storm Strike or something? I put together the... the uh... It's probably not called Storm Strike or something, but... <laughs> I put I put together the Easy Build in there, and they are they are really nice. Lovely, lovely models. All of them. all Every single one of them. Really impressed with that box set. But we're going to talk a little bit about that later, so... Um, it is called Storm Strike, yeah. Yeah, I just don't remember it. Any names. <laughs> Struggle with my kids sometimes. So it's a good job I don't forget Joe's name, because I wouldn't be... How can you forget <laughs> George and Elizabeth's names? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you, um, you've been... Um, I've done some hobbies! Last time, I literally had just painted my own decking. Um... But this time, yep. I've made miniature decking. <laughs> I've just realised that that is what I've done. Brilliant. So That's genuinely true as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So, um, what's happened? Basically, uh, as we discussed last time, we've been doing some battle companies up here in Brizzle. And um, we wanted to do the narrative campaign, which has got Lake Town. Now... Yeah. I've recently had to have uh, the conversation with my lovely dear wife about um, the amount of money going on hobby products. Uh, and it's been a bit too much in reality. Um, I've got a bit carried away with all the releases and enjoying myself buying up stuff. But in fairness, it's not, a lot of it's, you know, it's not getting done straight away. Um, so I'm not getting the, the personal value and enjoyment out of it. And um, it no. got... I got a bit carried away, if I'm honest, um, and started putting hobby purchases ahead of things that that were a bit more important. So, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I won't be the first, I won't be the last, but I think it's really important to say. Um, so for that reason, I set myself a bit of a, a budget, and unfortunately, building Lake Town out of the Games Workshop kits at a cost of about £500 was not in that budget. Um, <laughs> unsurprisingly. So... Um, I looked at it and I thought, right, well, what can I do? So luckily, and I appreciate lots of people won't be in this boat, I had um, seven buildings and the pub from the foreground Fabled Realms range that I bought Mm. about three or four years ago. Now, they are absolutely awesome. I cannot talk highly enough of those models because they're pre-painted and they've done it in such a way that the burn from the laser adds some coloration um, to yeah. certain things, which is just excellent. They're fun to build. They're like Lego, wooden Lego, I suppose. Um, they are quite fiddly, and some of them, like the pub, took me a few nights' work, but they're detailed inside as well, and they just fit the aesthetic for Lake Town, I feel, really, really well. Um, so I had the buildings, but I didn't have a lake, and I didn't have any walkways. So... Um, I bought some foam card. Well, actually, my dad bought me a piece of foam card, to be fair, at the princely sum of £199, that is. (laughs) And um, I got my printer, went online, found an image of deck planks, uh, printed them out, and then cut out pieces of foam card um, that were 50mm across by 200mm long and wrapped this stuff around them, fixed it with double-sided tape, and then I made some bigger platforms for the buildings to sit on. And then I tootled off to B&Q and bought a tarpaulin. Nearly broke the bank at £4. Um, 
for my uh, tarpaulin, my blue tarpaulin, uh, and set it all up, and we played some Lake Town. So, um, yeah, not including the buildings, which I admit is a fairly hefty point. Um, I spent five ninety nine, well, four pound, because my dad bought the the thing to get my uh, my Lake Town created. And we had a couple of jolly good games on it. So I was really pleased with that, to be honest. And what was really interesting, actually, is I loved doing it. Like cutting out the foam card. I'd forgotten the joy of foam card. Like it's a very frustrating product sometimes because it's foam. So like when you build things, you've got to be able to seal all the foam bits in and all the rest of it. But it is good. And I I was looking online because I thought, well, you know, I'm saying I'm doing it on a budget, but I'm cheating a bit because I've got all these builders to start with. Um, and there are some places online that you can download scenery to print out and just mount it onto foam card. Um, yeah, there's quite there's a, few a lot, that, isn't actually. there? There's yeah. a few that are yeah, free, yeah, and yeah. some of them that are, you know, they're not a lot of money. So I think when you initially, it's worth looking up googling paper hammer for that kind of stuff. It's it's, it's kind of a whole subsect of Warhammer where people make models out of paper. Mm. All right. There's a lot lot of that, yeah. And then they, you print it onto card and make it out. Of, some of it actually looks reasonably good. And with a little bit of twisting, you could put it onto plastic card and make a pretty decent model. Yeah, I think what struck me is sometimes like you see the Lake Town scenario and that can be quite daunting, particularly if you haven't yeah. got a large gaming group. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. And you think how... Well, like I said, I, I think I worked it out with, out like getting a board, it was going to be like in the region of £500, which is a lot. And then the actual painting of it again. Yeah. And I think you just think, well, we we just can't do that. Can't do it. But um, if you just take a different view of it, because it's lovely to have a beautiful gaming setup. But I think if you're going to put the time in, you're better off to put your time into something a bit more generic, in my personal opinion because then you can use it in multiple scenarios whereas you're not yeah. going to fight over lake town that often um and with something no but one of the things about the lake town building is it is pretty generic yes it is but if you buy it's 12 a, a of burn. them yeah no i completely agree and i do completely agree with you but i yeah you are right it is generic i, I just i suppose what i'm advocating and i normally wouldn't have done this until this point but i i'm just advocating going for that sort of paper option in order to allow you to play through certain scenarios. So it was more important to have platforms, so restricted movement and buildings, because that really affected the game. Um, yeah. And the fact that visually they actually were pretty cool was was secondary, but a nice secondary. I yeah. suppose. I, the only thing is, I, I didn't lo- get. I did mock up doing a little boat, and I only made one, yes. so we only had one boat. And I think the scenario would have benefited from a couple more boats. Um, but seeing as all the guards from Lake Town, apparently, especially when I played Chris and I was the Lake Town guard, they three or four of them spent most of the game in the pub and wouldn't uh, come out, um, which was hilarious. So maybe it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I I think there's a lot to be said for it, Dan. Actually, I mean, you you touched on something, and we we spoke about it quite a lot. That when you get these books and these scenarios, 
they're done beautifully by Games Workshop, and there is a, there is almost a, a thing that you have to get over, isn't there? That you're, you know, especially as the products are there and they're available to buy, that you're like, oh, I can't do that until I've got the scenery. Well, that, that's just not true, is it? And I think this this board that you've done is a perfect example of how you can you can sort of put together a setup to play play the campaign and. It, works really well mm. yeah well thank you and i think i think one of the things that has happened now that when when we were starting out there was no scenery mm. practically no. apart from the the card that came in second edition was as much of the scenery as you had um, you kind of felt like you got a scenery kit when you bought a box of models and it came with one of those polystyrene yeah. inserts didn't you yeah <laughs> and we've yeah we've mentioned that before but it, it's I used to get wine crates, you know, the wine boxes from Tesco's, and cut holes in them to make buildings. Yeah. Um, you know, like big skyscrapers, and but you were trying to emulate what they were scratch building on, you know, in White Dwarf, and you were cutting up polystyrene with wire cutters. But then, how many polystyrene hills do you see now that they've released plastic ones? You know, it, it, it's. I think there's a lot to be said for people getting a bunch of card and a bit of this and that and sticking together some stuff and making making scenery to work off of and there's been some great threads on our on our hobby page about it mm. um and i think it's just like, it's just if you enjoy it don't think that you can't do it because now there's products I think yes, especially exactly. stuff that's like got rules as well i think there can be a bit of a barrier there yeah things like the feculent feculent normal and you can understand that to a point and particularly in like um competitive play matched play um you know you are going to want to check with tournament organizers as to what they will and won't allow except Um, particularly where you've got so like the feculent normal doesn't come with a base so it you measure from the model with making the model vital. Um although yeah. I'm gonna put mine on a base if I ever get around to painting it because uh, I think it looks better. Um But in like narrative play or uh, and amongst your friends, why not? Why not go down to B and Q and buy B and Q is a hardware store in the UK. Sorry for those guys that are not in the UK. Um, so go down to your hardware store and buy a blooming great length of white round pipe, cut it up, add some cool 40k bits to it, and use it as those plasma conduit things or, yeah. or whatever, you know, for because I suppose, <clears throat> like, I used to, if I'm honest, I used to in the past, maybe 10 years ago, I could be quite resentful about that sort of stuff because I think I'd sort of be like, well, yeah, but you could support your local store and buy your stuff there and buy the actual models. But the the truth is that, A, some people can't afford the, to do that, um, and that's fine, but they want to enjoy their hobby. And also, B, a lot of people have a particular hobby budget and they're going to spend that hobby budget in your store anyway. But if they yeah. can buy models, like actual like Space Marines, with it, 
but by by doing so, they 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 go and they make their own of this other thing. It doesn't really matter, does it? No, really. It and actually, I I think it's far more important. Like for me with my Lake Town, yeah, okay, I could have. Well, I couldn't have, but you could say, you know, that scenario is designed to sell X number of Lake Town houses. Well, actually, no, it it's there to engage you in what you're doing, and it engaged me in what I'm doing, and now I've got a box of Moran and Orcs to get. And an and a Mordoric hive joined my band. Yep. Damn yep. it. <laughs> anyway, that's my two cents on that. Um, and I even put some paint on my bloodthirster. Poor thing. He's going for a record, mate. He's got the uh, the blood bowl orcs to beat. In how long he takes me to do? <laughs> no, he's not that far. You're, you're getting you're getting the groove, and it'll all be done before you know yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, my hobby: a lake and a demon. Thanks. And scenery. So the, the big thing about scenery is quite interesting. We've, we've almost by accident bracketed the scenery with a brand new kit, and we're really excited about how good it is. And then gone, but actually, you can make it out of foam card and a printout. And I think what's that? I think it's cool that you can do both. That those options are all there. Absolutely, because the thing is. Why wait to play? You said this. Why wait to play cool games and scenarios? So, for example, I want to play with a city, uh, but I've got £10 in my bank for the next three months. Oh, I'll have to wait. Yeah. Well, no. That's five sheets of foam card or four sheets of foam card and a pot of grey paint. You know, make your city. Yeah, it might not look like the most amazing ruined city you've ever seen um model ruined city you've ever seen but it will simulate and emulate exactly the same things as those other ones while you get to a point where you can slowly start to replace it with the cooler stuff yeah so so actually you know as a bit of a shout out i would say guys if you are doing any of this or if you listen to this goodness me and actually are inspired dun 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 and think you know what actually i am gonna go and run off with my missus's shoe box or my um my husband's box that his new golf clubs come in or whatever there's a few stereotypes that i'm definitely in trouble for and um, (laughs) (laughs) and cut out some buildings and make something cool then post a picture up because and then have an awesome game on it and tell us about it that'd be ace too i played some epic games over like the the polystyrene ends out of a printer oh yes i've um i've got a few polystyrene ends from my lamp and a polystyrene box from secondary from a second edition box that I got I well, I posted it. I'm gonna do some stuff with those just to, to keep you know keep it real, keep it on tight on the topic. Yeah. And I'll post those too. Cool. Okay. So um next week we're gonna have a chat about weathering guys, but we were asked about it um not too long ago and we haven't had time to really think about it um and make our thoughts coherent so we're going to do that next time well i spent a few days trying to decide whether what they want to know is how to achieve ben's personal appearance or actual miniatures (laughs) weathering um so that's hence the delay thanks dan no worries dude guys we'll see you in the galaxy of war
Welcome to the grim darkness of the far future. Or not quite so far future, because we're going to talk about heresy, and that's like 10,000 years earlier, so it's, you know, practically tomorrow. 28,000 years in the future, but... (laughs) Yeah, a couple days. I hope not. (laughs) So... (laughs) Right, so a couple of things to talk about then, tonight. Um, We've got a bit more to say about Kill Team. Um... And also to talk about Titanicus as well. Um, where should we start, Ben? Um, I think it's just polished off Kill Team because um, I think we've said a lot of what we're excited about. Um, but I think I, I got the box set of Kill Team and I was really impressed with that, actually. Um, 80 quid from GW and there's at least at least 60 quid's worth of scenery in there, not including all the rest of the gubbins. Um, so if you got it from Element Games or whatever, um, that wasn't a plug, but, <laughs> or, uh, or Curtain or Big or other game places are available. Then, um, a 65 and it was just rammed full of stuff, mate. Absolutely packed and, um, really nice new design to everything. Really fresh. Like the, you know, the design, the kill team orange and black. It's all really nice. Um, already getting excited about building a kill team. Um, I've gone back to Space Wolf, so I've been looking at people's Space Wolf kill teams and been like, oh no, I really have to. <laughs> so one dude's done one with a crow on his shoulder uh, <laughs> of, of, a, of a sniper. Um, it's called Bjorn Crow Whisperer. And I was oh, yes. So that's going to be, that's going to be quite exciting. And I already know a couple of guys down down here are planning on it, and um, so I'm really I I'm quite, I haven't really had time to sort of get it out and read the rules in full because my brother's come down and he lives in Glasgow, so spending time with him. But um, and my first thing I do as I normally am because I'm a hobbyist rather than a, more than I am a gamer was to get the scenery together. Um, but overall, like really good vibes from that kit and really good vibes from the people down here. I don't know about if you're getting a similar up there. Well, I'm very, uh, like a bit of a separatist. So there's only like four or five of us in the little group up here, um, playing at the moment, like that play games together. Um, but. Yeah, and within that, Ben, Ben, and I have recently been discussing doing some kill team. So cool. the only the the reason I haven't gone for it at this point is is based on what I said um, in the last segment, really, about being being a bit more careful with my choices. Uh, and there's yeah. another one coming up, which we'll be talking about. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, what I really like about it is the fact that it's played on that little battlefield. Yeah, and I didn't yeah, really absolutely. get that to start with. I thought that was just like one of these get me by sized things. Um, I didn't realise that it's actually the battlefield it's recommended to be played on. Yeah, um, which yeah. I think is fantastic and makes it very accessible um, for a number of reasons. Not just because you don't need a big like actual table. Um, you can and then, play it on your kitchen table. You can play it on your kitchen table, um, which is which is really good. But also. If you go back to looking at what we were saying about um, cost and hobby space, you know, you don't need to build a massive table's worth of scenery. You, 
You know, the one that you get in the box is actually a decent size. Well, that's it. To cover that area. I think that's, that, that's just great. That is the sector. that you, when you, That's what they recommend for that, you know, that, that board size. So, yeah. essentially, because scenery is an open-ended thing, you have a six-by-four table, you could go, you know, mental. But the, the scenery boxes are 50 quid. So, you know, if I buy a 50 quid box... Then that's, I can actually play that scenery. That's all I need. Yeah, and that's got the board, some of those are just insane. That Munitorum one with the two lots of crates, which is sixty quid's worth of product, and that's then right. the cranes, eighty quid's worth, isn't it? Yeah, for fifty quid, base, really good. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. What I'm really like as well is there's already other companies supporting it. Um, so GameMat.eu have already released um, game mats to the Kill Team scale. Yes. Um, so that's really cool. Um, I did actually say when they released the cardboard ones, we, I said to you that I think I am surprised Games Workshop didn't do them in polyurethane or whatever it is um, and did them in cardboard. But I, I will point out that the cardboard ones are really high quality. Mm. The only drawback of them is nothing to do with how well made they are, it's just that they're cardboard. Um, which will never last as well as a game map. But nothing's I think it's I think that you're gonna find quite a lot of people playing that in game clubs because you can set up you can carry a kill team in a in a tiny little case. Um it's easy to carry and it's the forty K we know and love. So yeah. it actually fits in a game workshop store easier as well. Like if you wanted to play in a store. Yeah, I remember getting so flipping livid when I would make the effort to go to a store um, for the atmosphere, and yet you ended up with like a two foot by four foot piece of board, which is never going to work, is it? But that's you know not not what the stores are for, really. My opinion. Well, they've they've moved away from that, haven't they? A lot of the places that had the hobby hobby rooms have had to shut them down because of size and stuff and everything but yes maybe hopefully one day fingers crossed they'll expand them out again and turn them into little hobby hubs but uh, that's my pet dream i'm not sure it's shared by everybody <laughs> maybe so, in different places around the country but then there are a lot of cool places like big and um curtain and terror really nice aren't they etc yeah i've got some really nice setups so they're out there so that's Kill Team. Um, Titanicus time. So White Dwarf's arrived with Titanicus content in it. Um, and what are you laughing at? Right, so let's put it out there. Right. So two, no, not quite two years ago, year and a half ago, went to Warhammer Fest and they had a box set or, or the box art cover of the old Adeptus Titanicus and a few little cards. And I got so excited I could explode. Um Well that was that was our first that was our first hobby fest together, together. as a two piece, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. So really, really excited. So then this year when we went, they had so much stuff there for it. They had the Reaver and they had the Warlord and they had boards and they had the Grandmaster edition. They had loads of stuff, didn't they? And we were really, really excited for it. Um, as it's got closer, it's fair to say that the cost has come to dominate and suppress a lot of that excitement. I think that's fair, isn't it? 
Well, I think so. I think I think it has, to be honest, because they've been so cagey about it and almost flippantly saying, oh, it's going to be the most expensive box set ever. And when, you know, they first said that, I kind of just sort of let it pass me by. Um, but when, I think the White Dwarf, it was when it really hit home to me because it didn't have the prices in. And it's only two weeks away from the release. From the pre-release. Hmm. And I think, I th- then I thought, well, crikey, how, mu- how much is it going to cost? Why-, why are they being so coy about it? And when we went to the Forge World Open Day, no one had an idea then. And yeah, it did. It came to dominate my, my everything about it, to be honest. And um, I, I don't think that I don't think this White Dwarf really helped, to be honest. I think last White Dwarf was fantastic, and this one, the releases section. That's left me feeling a little bit unimpressed. Mm. Right? It's not clear on some of the pages what the product actually is, what, what which of the product is new, um, and which isn't, and how much they cost. I mean, the whole page, the Warhammer Age of Sigma pages, there's four releases on there, no cost, or, or a release date. Um, and the Stormcast Eternals, there's no cost on there. And the Titanicus, I could go. Just find it really a bit, a bit difficult because I, I know, I know, you know, you've brushed on it already. But I think everybody, when they heard oh, I was going to be the most expensive box set ever, in the back of my head, I was already trying to work out how I was going to afford it. But if I don't know how much it is, that makes it really hard. Yeah, I. And if I, if I'd known about, you know, if I'd known the cost. Two three months ago, at least I could have worked it worked it out. I, I don't know. I think you're right. I think the cost is, and I'm I'm on a little bit of a sour about it to be honest. Um, yeah, and that's what I mean. I think, and it's been noticeable. Like even in our little messaging conversations, like it, you know, even I a few. It, it was only a few days ago where I was like, oh, this is just. And what it was for me is I have been surprised and delighted. A great deal by Games Workshop in recent times. Um, yes. Absolutely over the moon. And it's mainly driven by the quality of the product, but also the communication. Yeah. Um, and I really feel that in this example, the communication around the price has been poor because it, and I don't mean it's not come out soon enough, the price, because actually, if you look at most releases, we don't find out the actual price until either it goes on pre-order or the the little dude down the road, the stockist, gets his prices and then starts posting them around. I don't really have a problem with that. But in this instance, they created so much hype about it, so far out, and then left us hanging cost. about what it would cost. And then, mm. um, you know... Went to War went went to Warhammer Fest. Don't know the price. Went to the open day. Still not able to say the price. But and and I appreciate we all make mistakes. But I stood there and heard the the words. We don't. We can't tell you the price on the release date. But it's in White Dwarf in August. Now I may have miss. I may have t- taken that the wrong way. Because I, what they may have been saying is Adeptus Titanicus is in that White Dwarf as opposed to those two pieces of information in White Dwarf. 
But I certainly took it that way, and a number of people did, looking around. White Dwarf arrives, not in there. And I found myself getting really frustrated, um, because Tony said, like you said, Ben, most expensive box ever. He also said it was the best value box ever, um, which which it probably is, for being honest. But, but I mean, that's value is subjective anyway, so... It is um, true, uh, but uh, so that's the bit that's frustrated me. If we're talking about frustration, is is the communication? I think it's we've been left on a cliffhanger. People that love the product want to get involved. Um, I think they should have either said nothing, um, and done it like a normal, and release. done it like a normal release, or yeah. have taken the opportunity to go. You know what? Sometimes we don't tell you the price until the last minute. But this box is a really expensive one because it isn't a starter set because they've never said it's a starter set. Although I do take the point someone made on our page today, which is actually if you look at a box, which is the rule book, essentially two forces when you split it down the middle and some scenery, you can be forgiven for thinking that that's a starter set. But Games Workshop themselves haven't said that. It is a bundle put in one box. Um, And actually, I think personally, and I know we're maybe in different places. I think that they've priced all of the products through the whole range when I compare them to other things. Like, you take the Warlord, is £65. Yes, yeah. a lot of money. But if you look at a it's Redemptor right Dreadnought... Titan. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If you look at a Redemptor Dreadnought and a Knight, which sit either side of it, in size, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. exactly the same. So I think they've price-pointed everything very well. And yeah. I think they've... Um, therefore the Grandmaster edition which you save about 50 60 quid on is a fair price i just think the communication's been been balls and i think they should should have they could have taken the opportunity to say look it is a lot of money so this is what it's going to cost you to give you time to get ready now i understand why you wouldn't do that because actually if people are holding on to their money they're not spending it on on other things but that's my little bit of frustration um should we talk about how awesome it is now? Let's talk now about how that. awesome. Now we've done the... Gr- so, um, well, I, I I don't think it translated great into a battle report, I have to be honest, because it's quite it can be quite static visually and action-wise. I think a lot of the action, as they've said, is around managing your plasma resource and stuff in your Warlord yeah. Titans. And yeah. you didn't. Re- I didn't really get that from the battle report, but... I when thought I the went- battle point was... I think where the battle report failed was that it wasn't there wasn't enough points on either side um, because I really liked the knights coming up and getting all stuck in. Yeah, um, and I think if there had been knights on either side, maybe six knights on either side and the equivalent number of titans, then that would have been that would have been wicked. Been a bit more going on, wouldn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, absolutely. I think well, actually, listening I think to them talking to... about it, though, on the live stream, oh, me, I can't wait. Like, I love the idea. So Chris, who's like one of the main designers of all the Titans, is renowned for just directing all of his plasma energy power from his reactor into his massive plasma cannon and trying to blow things away and hoping he doesn't, like, explode. Um, <laughs> and I just love that. I love the idea of like, you know, it's proper battleship stuff, all power to forward voids. Just flipping brilliant. <laughs> it's going to be brilliant, you know, and then like everything's dying and the Magos is down there or Captain Scott. I just kind of do it, Captain. And it's like, ah, more power to the volcano cannon. 
<laughs> so yeah, I'm very, very, very excited. Um, I can't wait to see where they go with it. I really, I really hope that anyone that has got frustrated with the way it's been handled or um, feels that that price point for a starter box, um, we've already said about that, is able to move beyond that and enjoy the game. Um, yeah, it's a shame it's not the same scale as Epic was. We'll see what the future brings. But for now, we've got flipping awesome looking Titan models um, and a cool scenery kit, which I think is is fantastic to to bring out scenery at the right scale. Um, and what we're going to do, uh, so myself and uh, Ben the Bass, Mr. C, are going to get the Grandmaster Edition, one, one copy. Um, and um, this is why I've been doing all this saving. Grandmaster edition copy of the rules separately, which is yeah. an incredible price thirty five. I couldn't believe it. I genuinely couldn't believe it from Forge World, um, and one of the big sets of scenery, the seventy five pound one. Yeah, and then split that so we'll both have a warlord and we'll both have three knights, which is a sort yeah. of starting bit to paint, and then we'll have I think it's like four lots of the scenery. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to get together and have a scenery building session and mock it all up and draw out the sort of battlefield we'd like. Um, and then get so together how, again. So, how many, how many of the smaller box sets do you get in this sec- the big Imperial sector? I think you just. Oh, I think I can't quite work it out. I can't work out if you get three or four. Because the small one's 20, 20 something quid, isn't it? It's Which 25. Um, Which isn't bad at all, really. No, and the big one's seventy five. So sometimes Game Workshop does bundles, don't they? Where yeah, it doesn't save you anything; it just all comes together. Although that is unusual now in a box set, so you might get four lots. Yeah, um, but much like what you said, I think the plan is just to get it, clip off all the bits, and build cool stuff, and then well, get I think together one of the cool to paint things about it. it. Is that it? It's modular, so you don't build it you build the sections and then you construct it as you want for each battle and put it together yeah like lego yeah maybe i'll spray like panel bright blue panel bright red (laughs) go proper lego on it (laughs) yeah so yeah i am excited about it dude real excited and i can't wait to like get my hands on a reaver and a couple of warhounds I'm I'm only a bit gutted because I really want to get Soul Wars finished before the before it comes out because I do really want to do the Titans straight away. Um, but I haven't worked out what colours I'm going to do. I don't know anything about the Titan Legions. Um, I really genuinely don't know which ones to do. Um, oh, well, I'm doing Legio Astronorum, um, and you'd like to think it's because I've got some cool background. Um, that links in with my salamanders or I've come up with a cool way to do the colour scheme. But no, it's because I found a flipping great big poster of a Legio Astronorum Reaver Titan when I was doing a tidy up of the hobby room. And uh, <laughs> I want to have the same Legion as the poster on my door. Are they the warp runners? Yeah, they're the teleporting ones. Uh, the ones that fought alongside the Thousand Suns. That'll do. Some but they prop- remained some- loyal to the, remained loyal to the emperor and were instrumental in the battle of Talan. Yeah. Oh, so you're going to go loyalist, are you? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I really like the colour scheme for the Legio Furians, but they sided with the traitors. So yeah. <laughs> in the like so in, the in in the heresy, the the well, to be honest, both sides are a bunch of muppets. I just I I've just recently finished Fallen Angels, so off the topic now a little bit. Oh my goodness! I got to have a word with Marcus, mate, because Dark Angels, what on earth is going on there? So you've got yeah. the the ones that are sent back to the world, just moping around, going, "Oh, the lion doesn't like us. The lion didn't tell us anything. Oh, Caliban's infected. Let's strike out on our own in an Imperium of a Million Worlds. Oh, this is ridiculous." And then you've got the lion going around going, shh, don't tell anyone anything. That's the best way. He's gone a bit Welsh there. I don't know why. And then he gives, <laughs> then he flipping gives away the guns. Oh, my goodness. I just, oh, it's not a bad book, actually. I quite like bits of it and the Nightly Order stuff. And I think Zahariel's a cool, gar- cool character, but. There's just so many points where you just want to scream at them. And you're like, it's like, you know, when you watch a pantomime and they get you going, it's behind you. Yeah. It's just like that. It's just like that. Yeah. So, and like the emperor, what a tool, man. What's going on? Hang on on? a minute. No, no, no. no, come on. Hang on a minute, right? (laughs) So why did he like, he, he either, this was all his plan all along, this whole sitting in the throne, watching TV. All day, every day, right? Or he's an absolute that's, that's muppet. Exactly what he does, you know, he's only because otherwise, any other option is just not possible because it's just daft. It's just daft. I'm going to create these twenty superhuman beings or twenty-one that are amazing in every way, and then I'm just not going to tell them the whole truth because that's going to work out well. It's stupid. <laughs> but I did read Ragnar Blackmane and tell you that I secretly love the Space Wolves, didn't I? This gone. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Because they are they're awesome. awesome. They are awesome, man. They are awesome. It's when they're like facing an, like, an almost no win situation and Ragnar gets up and he's like, right. Let's uh, let's give them a reprieve, lads, and they're all laughing, and they all think it's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a great book. I enjoyed Ragnar Blackman. Densky Brown is a bit of a dude. Yeah. So we've kind of gone off onto my rant about the Imperium and its myriad failings there. Um, well, no one expected any any less, worse, no. more. Of but you. Um, I hope that anyone that was listening that thought we were sounding a little bit grumpy at the start, listen to the end. Um, Because we do tend to apply a bit of reason to our frustrations, don't we? Uh, Yeah, I mean, we we can't be 100% positive about everything. And there are elements of this which have genuinely frustrated us. Um, But I still desperately want to get the box set and get stuck in because... Giant battling robots! Yeah, having held the plastic titan in my hand... I. I nearly passed out with excitement because it's so, it is so detailed. It is, it's a bit rude, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing, isn't it? Really good. And the posability, when you see the, the, some of the positions, because one of the things that I, I don't think we've, we've spoken about, but at the Forge World Open Day and at Fest is 
almost every person in Forgeord had been given one of the kits to put together. So there was about 20 Warlord Titans just kicking around that people have put together and painted to demonstrate. Um, and they, they were all different in either colour, the way they've been painted, or position, or... So, yeah, I'm really excited about that kit. Yeah, it's ace. I cannot wait. I really can't wait. Right, Squire. Shall Okey we uh, take a moment to get some refreshments? And yeah, because get... I am melting, man. It's, it's hot, insane. It? Yeah. And, um, and then head on into the Mortal Realms. Back into Mortal Realms. Love it here. It's a bit weird, though. Things float around all over the place. Including the new coach, which I think of best description I've heard all all week is that it's your uh, in-law's carriage. I still think that's correct. Me up. My mother-in-law's personal transportation. Yes. I think it's a sign of how awesome this release is. That I can't decide which ones I like more. The Stormcast or the Night Haunts. Because normally when a box set's released, there's at least... I like them both a little bit. Normally one a lot. But one of them I'm not really too bothered with. If you know what I mean. I, I want to get everything for the Night Haunts. I think they're fantastic. But the coach... I think the coach is, is sublime, dude. It's awesome, isn't it? It really is awesome. It's so nice as well that they redid it because I think I, I don't obviously they would have redone it if it was going in the army, but rather than write it out of the background and do away with it, they they chose to redo it, and I think that's great for a number of reasons. One, because the black coach is cool. Um, two, the new model is excellent. But three, the evolution that it shows. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think it's really great. You know, I remember Gazgul Thracker, they did an evolution piece, and this was years ago, and they showed, like, the very original one, then the one in second edition um, that had, like, Makari, and then they showed the newer one. And it was just awesome to see, and I think it's the same here. You know, you look at the Black Coach as it was, and to be fair, I can remember thinking when I was first looking at Fantasy about doing an Undead Army, and one of the models I loved then was the Black Coach. Yeah. Um but yeah. you compare it to the black coach now and it's just just, yeah, it's, just mad, it's isn't it? So much about it, which is really, really stunning. The fact that the wheels aren't even on the floor. Yeah. The ghost the ghosts that surround it. The movement in it is just phenomenal, and yet it looks really robust. Like Yeah. I th- I think it's one of the best models they've done in a long, long time. Hmm. And I am genuinely thinking of getting it just because it's so beautiful. And that, mind you, that, that, um, what's she called? The lady ghost one. Oh, Lady Orlanda, the yeah. Mortark of Grief. Gosh, she's stunning but too. She's great. And then you look back and you think Marathi. Yes. Incredible model. Absolutely yeah. incredible piece. Then you look back and you think, um, Alariel. Yeah, flipping stunning. It's just amazing, isn't it? So what I wanted to do, and there isn't much that I'm going to talk about personally other than what's in the White Dwarf, because I have been stunned by the background of some of these night haunts. Um, because this, it's just so horrible 
<laughs> genuinely horrible. So let's start with the Death Scythe Harridans. They are cruelly, mis- cruelly reshaped in the afterlife by Nagash's malicious will. They were once healers, and their hands have been replaced with wicked, sharp, bony scythes. But the most bitter torment of all is that the will of each Harridan has been utterly enslaved. Even as their body sweeps forward to tear their prey limb from limb, they are painfully aware of their terrible deeds, yet are helpless to resist. Their bitter fate may be unjust, but they suffer it endlessly regardless. What? (laughs) That's outrageous, isn't it? Can you imagine being a doctor or a nurse and then ending up as one of those? No. <laughs> no, it's just horrific. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But, um, so, the Grimdark is strong. Um, yeah. And the Bladegrass Revenants are tortured wraith spirits who were murdered or executed in confined spaces, cursed to endlessly suffer the claustrophobic terror of their final moments. They manifest in panic-stricken frenzy. Eesh. Is that, um, are they the ones that look like the Knight of Shrouds? Yeah, yeah, with the swords. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeously proportioned swords. Mm. Really nice model. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. I, and the, I just think... Spit <laughs> of stunned just, silence there yeah, for well, a moment. I just think the background is just... Because every unit has got a really... They've been of the Night Horn. They're not just ghosts. They're, they're no. just they're thought out in a really cool way. Um, I think we've kind of we've already touched on the uh, the sacrosanct ones that are coming out, so there's not much more to say about them apart from how lovely the models are. It's nice to see Soul Hoover Lady is on the table now. Soul Hoover Lady, yeah, I like the um the the Toralon, is it called? Which one? The, the flying, yeah, thing. I think that's really cool. I like that a lot. And um, these, uh, what what are the wizard evocators? Is that right? <laughs> they are so savage and <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. just ridiculous, really yeah. ridiculous. Um, but cool, but cool. Let them get away with that. Yeah, I mean the ones on the cat things, um, the celestial dracolines, yeah. sweet as. Yeah, I love that model. Love it. Really good. Um, there's some Shades by stuff out, some Warhammer Underworlds like leaders cards and stuff. Yeah, um, I've got them. You've got yeah. them, have you? Yeah, yeah, and the and the new board. Yeah. Oh yeah, really... I remember you had the new board. Yeah, I really um, like them. I saw a really cool thing on Facebook today, and I'm didn't save it, which was typical of me, but um, bad. And it was an insert that went into one of the, um. Ultimate Pro card holders, yeah, that that held the five objectives you need and the little the other little counters. Yeah, it was really clever. Yeah, um, that's really cool. It is cool. I mean, it's great that I've told everybody about it. But I can't remember where I saw it, but um, prob- probably in the Shade Spire community Facebook thing. Yeah, I um, I, I played quite a bit of Shade Spire this week. Well, the last two weeks. Um, I enjoy it every time I play it, you know. Even when I'm playing Marcus, and I say even, but the guy is just a beard. Yeah. He goes away and he creates these decks from hell and just comes... There's a reason why he's the Southwest champion at the moment, or was in the last tournament. Just brutal. 
There we are. But I managed to beat him the first time. But that was the first time we'd used that deck. So <laughs> then he just destroyed me in the next game. But yeah, loving that. I'm um I'm really excited about um about the the battle report in this one. Talking about scenery. I love how oh, they Yeah, done... they modified it, didn't they? Yeah, I love how they've taken the same board and got the pivotal piece of scenery and and modified it into like an exploded vortex thing. And um I just think that's really wicked. I love that kind of way of thinking. Really exciting. Because, I mean, imagine if you had someone who'd done that for you, and you'd gone, you know, you'd gone round the house, and then they you come back next time, and they go, look what I've done. I'd probably just sit down and, like, weep with happiness, with hobby happiness. You still there? Yes, yeah, sorry, dude. I was, um... I was miles away dreaming of the awesome that is uh, the current release schedule. It's just insane. Like, thinking about how much was in White Dwarf is just really quite impressive, isn't it? Well, it's difficult to work through, to be honest. Um, If you haven't picked an army, you're going to struggle. Yeah, it's a bit like... One or the other. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of Black Library. Remember when Black Library started? I used to buy every book. Yeah, and then it picked up pace to the point where I couldn't read them. No, um, uh, let alone afford them. So, yeah, it's a bit like that, and you you have to sort of start picking and choosing a bit more. You do because, like I said, I, I mean, I could easily do a night haunt army. Yeah, like I would take very little convincing because I, I think this. I think there's so much movement in the army, and it, yeah. color the colors are all different and I enjoyed painting my chain rust and they were really easy to do so um, and they're the ones that interestingly when you think about them how many times does a box set come out and usually the painters get their teeth stuck into the to, I don't want to say the good side but the like the Primaris for example uh, or in this case the Stormcast but that's always been the case in the past, I've noticed, that they're the ones that people sort of got out and started painting straight away. This time, all of the, all of the people, the, you know, the, the exciting articles of paintings and exciting posts on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, they all seem to be about the Nighthorn. People trying different colours and going nuts and I think it's a really exciting army and I'm, uh, I'm. Well, it's cool, isn't it? Because they're different as well, aren't they? Uh, yeah. And I, and I think, um, if I hadn't got the orcs in the and um, the stormcast already, I, I'd be I'd be really seriously considering them. So I'd be quite mm. I'm quite excited to get the the box set done. So I've got a core if I ever want to just add little bits to it. Yes. Which leads me on to Soul Strike. So I didn't get the 40k version of Soul Strike because I thought it was a bit pointless if you bought the box set. If you bought Dark Imperium, why did you, why would you get this? And I kind of almost did with the Age of Sigma one. So when they sort of re- announced they were going to release all the mini box sets, I kind of looked at them and went, "Oh yeah, it's kind of what I expected because that's what you did for 40k." And I didn't think anything of them. And then Games Workshop community, Warhammer community, did a whole bunch of articles on people, but uh, from people in the, in the head office getting into the Warhammer. 
and their first experiences of getting into Warhammer, and about Soul Strike. And then I realized Storm Strike, sorry. And then I realized that um, that actually you got forty quid's worth of easy build models for the price of twenty five quid. And I became very interested indeed. So <laughs> um, I went out and bought it, and I am absolutely gobsmacked with that box set, dude. Yeah. So completely blown away with it. As a starting <laughs> box set, it is absolutely phenomenal. So the rule book you get in there is exactly the same mini rule book as the one from the main box, Soul Wars. Yeah. You then get a codex-sized other book, which is is not just like the um, Getting Started in Age of Sigma magazine. It is an actual book with a load of background in it and a load of scenarios in it. It's a proper book. Um, you get the measure, the dice, which I was a bit sad that it wasn't the nice blue Soul Wars dice, but the, <laughs> the dice anyway. The box turns into a piece of scenery a pretty decent-sized battle mat. Paper one, but it's still a nicely printed, decent-sized battle mat. Um, and then these um, models, these easy-build models. And the easy-build models are really, really good. Like, better than any of the ones in the main box set. Mm. All of them are. The sort of ones with the spears that look like horses, they're great. Far better than the ones of the box set. The banshees are great. The um, the the two stormcast units, fantastic, absolutely brilliant. I just, think, I'm really impressed with it. As a parent as well, if Tristan said, "Oh, I wanted to start playing the game," twenty five quid, and you get all that in it, I'm in. Yeah, I'll do that. That's that's completely reasonable. And there's a game in the box that you can start playing within minutes. As soon as you get it home, clip them together and off you go. So I love all this entry point stuff, to be honest, mate. Well, I think this is, this is, it's even more clever than an entry point. So, for, and, and the magazine is the same. So the, the dude that you get on the magazine, which I, I believe is a knight in Cantor, in Cantor, is a special character. So it's not just. So something... what they've done is they've created a product that appeals to new people, and but they'll also get some sales out of selling it to current hobbyists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, really good. And it's the same with that with that that um, strike box set, whose name I've forgotten already, and it's only four minutes since you told it to me. <laughs> storm strike. You can tell it's the end of the day, can't you? But still, yeah, yeah. storm strike. But what? The difference between this one and the 40k one is that the three Reavers in the 40k one are meh. The three Primaris dudes in the 40k one are meh. And you get one of them on the front of the magazine. The only things in there that really interested me are the three Nurgle Marines. Because there's one or two guys in there that you don't get in the other set and look completely different. You know, one of them's got that grenade launcher thing, that blight launcher. Yeah. So. But really, I don't look at it and think, oh, I need that because of the models. I looked at this one because it's got all the easy-build models in, which are all really good. Went out and bought it, got it home, and was just blown away by it as a product. So I remember you messaging me. <laughs> I, just, I can't speak highly enough of it, really. And um, my intention is when it's 
when it's painted, which won't take me that long, I'm gonna um I'm gonna play Tristan through it. So because I think for me, I'd like to give his first experience of the game um to be you know with nicely painted models and on a board. Yes. And the board is already in the box. I just think it's great. <laughs> I think it's absolutely great. But there we go. That's my little, you know, product summary <laughs> or product review on it, um, <laughs> which wasn't particularly coherent. And there was lots of "it's awesome, it's awesome," but uh, it really is genuinely awesome. And I would recommend it for people who thought they wouldn't need it because they bought Soul Wars. Well, you do. <laughs> it's pretty <really> good. <laughs> and the magazine. Talking of like little intros, we need to reach out to our our American listeners because there's some um, new games, isn't there? There's the Space Marine one with some of the heroes of the, the Space Marines range from Japan, yeah. and there's the Mount Doom one, and there's a there's an Age of Sigma one as well, isn't there? What? But I can't remember anything about it. Blitzball as well. Oh, Blitzball! Yeah, it's not Age of Sigma; it's Blitzball. Um, so we need, but they're only appearing in the US to start with, um, in Barnes and Noble, which will mean lots to you if you're over there. But send us our, your feedback because we want to know how good they are. So yeah. you can be jealous. Or, or, or potentially send you off to, to purchase them and get them over to <laughs> us. <laughs> anyway, let's tag that on the end of Mortal Rounds. Yeah. So I'm, um, yeah, that's about it. I've not played any Age of Sigma last couple of weeks. Dan's away in Japan, so um, I haven't had the chance to play him. Uh, Ben's moved house, so he's had his stuff packed away. Tom's in his ta- tank cave painting out. His t- actually, he is painting Stormcast at the moment. He is. Um, so no Age of Sigma recently, which is sad, but uh, I'm sure that will change. Well, yeah. I'm not that sure because, you know, giant battling robots are coming out, but Eventually it will change. <laughs> so, shall we go to the community? Yep, I think that's a good idea. We shall head to the community. Hail community! We are back here again um, with some shout-outs and some events. So, Ben... Shout-outs first. Who would you like to shout-out today? I would like to shout-out not just one person, but a kind of collective, um, which I think a fair few people know about, um, called Iron Sleet. Um, But over the last year, I've kind of been watching a bunch of them um, creating armies and and, uh, pieces of scenery, and they've been a theme called the Thorn Moons Campaign. Um, Colty mm-hmm. is one of them, C-O-L-T-T-I. Um, Mizugo is another. Um, and they've, they've been sort of chipping away at this stuff and producing models that are very modern, but very Blanchitsu at the same time, which, um, as, as you probably know, ticks all of my boxes, frankly. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, that kind of Thorn Moons camp crusade has, has come together over the last, um, week, weekend. And having all the models in one place, all the photographs coming out, they're just absolutely blowing my mind. Um, so some people to shout out in their weirdings ways. They've turned up with some really cool looking stuff. Um, that 
awesome Nurgle tree thing. Um, uh, create a demon of Nurgle that looks like a tree with the roots. That, oh, that yeah. that's part yeah. of it. Um, there's so much. I can't. I'm so excited about this. I don't even know where to start with it. Um, because <laughs> the scene. Well, you can, we'll get a link up. <laughs> because seeing all, yeah, well, seeing all the stuff together, it's just it's mate, it's phenomenal. Um, it's it's yeah. really really good. It's it's like I think. And there's those space halls that have been converted out of um, Night Haunter. Night Haunter, yeah, the other Night Haunter promo. Conrad, Conrad Kurz, yeah, mm-hmm. him um, out of his, but used his base as a model. It's just so good. And I, what I love about it is that there's a collective vision in it that, that they've mm-hmm. all kind of got together and gone. This is what we're going to do. We're going to call it the Thorn Moons Project. This is what everyone needs to do to be part of it. And then they've come together and they've, they've done a narrative campaign that the visuals of which is, is, is peak hobby. It's the best way to describe yeah. it. it is peak hobby. And I think it's something that I would love to aspire to do, you know, down in the Southwest. Um, mm. because I mean, it, it's just stunning. It really, really is. And I, I, anyone who's, Listening, and I did put a post up about it. Um, check out, check out Iron Sleep, but check out Thorn Moon's Crusade as a hashtag on Instagram. I promise you will not be disappointed. <laughs> no, it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, really good. Over, over to you, Mister Jolly. What would you like to shout out? So I wanted to talk about the Tyrannis Owners Club. So this is Knights of Tyrannis. So something really cool popped up on my Facebook, and that was um, that these guys, 10 of them, got together up in Warhammer World um, and got all their knights out, um, and they had 100 knights in one place. So they had all the different types of knights, from the armagers uh, up to the sort of mid-sized knights, up to the brand new big thing, a couple of the bigger Forge World ones in there as well. And I just thought it was so cool that a bunch of people came together based on you know, nothing more than the fact that they shared a love of this night house in the background, um, took some great photos uh, and got them up there on Facebook because it's so nice to see all those models and to see the spectacle of all those nights. I'd have loved to have been there. Yeah. Just happened to have gone to Warhammer World that way and that day and seen that. And the Warhammer community team issued them with a certificate to say, you know, the most knights of House Tyrannis in one place. Yeah. Um, it's cool, isn't it? It's great. Which was just on on the fly, but I thought that was a great thing to have done. Um, really, really good. I think the most... One person turned up with one knight uh, and one person turned up with 17. So... <laughs> um, that's a lot of nights it, it is it's a lot of nights but it, it just looked fantastic it did um, yeah it looked like, like the house was actually there yeah so those guys have got a, a facebook group if you are into uh, the night the tyrannis night household that's what i'm looking for so we'll get i'll get the link up um but i i just wanted to shout out to them and really just say all those guys that do the specific groups there's a lot for um, the different Titan legions I've seen. Yeah. Um, I know there's a Titan owners club as well. I just think that's ace. I just think that's really cool. And as a group, you can create something very special. But like you've just said, really, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Um, depending on on what you want to create. So yeah, big shout out to those guys. I thought that was awesome. One of the things about the Titan owners club, I believe, is that it it doesn't have to be a bought. As far as I'm aware, 
Have you got, yeah, you can build your no, Titan you can from scratch. Build it. Um, it's calendar time, Dan. Calendar time. Right, so what have we got coming up? Um, European Warhammer Fest. Yeah, that's next week. 18th yeah. and 19th. Um, yeah. There is the Star Wars Imperial Assault Championship at Curtain Games uh, this coming weekend, 11th of August. Um, and they are awesome at Star Wars campaigns, so that, that would be really, really cool for them. Um, They've got the Star Wars Destiny Store Championship the week after. They do, yep. Um, and at Terra Games, we've got uh, Organised Play for Shadespire Part 2, and that's on Thursday or August the 9th, uh, and August the 16th as well. So there's two dates for that. Um, uh, Gates of the Stars campaign is the first map-based Age of Sigma campaign, which gives me the hobby rules. Mm. Really would love to do a, ho- a map-based Age of Sigma campaign, so kudos to them for that. Um, that's every Friday um, until the 26th of October. So if you're in the region of um, Newton Abbott, that's on the list. Um, and the Terranian Onslaught 2000-point Warhammer 40k singles tournament is on the 26th, which is looking a little bit further ahead. Uh, 25th is Games Workshop Tro's store birthday, uh, 25th of August. Um, and then... Is it still a Games Workshop Tro? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't know. I just wondered if it had been Warhammerized. I think it's been Warhammerized. Yeah, I think it's been yeah. Warhammerized. Um, and then September the 1st, so pushing it forward a little tiny bit, but I think that's fine. Um, yeah, Curtain Games are running an Age of Sigma 2nd Edition Slaughter A tournament. Um, and that's on uh, that's on Saturday the 1st, so that's going to be pretty they cool. They seem to get a really good response um, or reception for the the Age of Sigma things. So yes, I do. You know, it's definitely worth looking up. I think that one might be fully booked, but don't take my word for it. It's worth looking at. Well, they're drawing a crowd. You know, yeah, that's the thing. If you run good tournaments, as tournaments as good as them, it's going to get around, um, and people will travel for them. Um, and Catonian Carnage Two is on uh, Saturday, the eighth of September. Awesome for a bit of Warhammer Forty K. For a bit of Warhammer Forty K. So that's the southwest goings on. It also says here that I'm supposed to be painting a Land Raider this week. So my, my painting schedule's gone a bit to pot, hasn't it? Where where does it say... Oh, you've put that in your Google Calendar. I have, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Darn it, wow. Age of Sigma has come and destroyed my... No. <laughs> your, your plan. <laughs> my plan. Right. Oh, dear. So there we go, guys. There's a little bit of community. Just a mini snapshot this week. Oh, you're going to do one from the uh, from our... Hobby forum, aren't you? Posts from a hobby forum. Oh, yes. yes. I am. And um, I am completely and utterly prepared for that. Um, as always, very well prepared me. Uh, I, I'm in no way drawing out this chat as I'm quickly flying through the page in an effort to find one to shout out. Spanner. <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling to find the forum itself then. I'm terrible. Right. I'm glad we planned this all. Oh, we we always do. Here we go. Simon. Simon James Lee has put up something a little bit different. Uh, a Deadpool figure, um, which I really like because it's a bigger scale model mm. um, and 3D printed. I do feel sorry for Groot. Yes, yeah, a bit harsh, isn't it? Putting a gun to Groot's head. It is. It is. I mean, I know, you know. Truth is, Groot will have him. I know it's Deadpool, but 
I, I just thought very sad, very dark there, Simon. Very dark, but cool nonetheless. So, um, yeah, I thought that was good. And what, seamless that was, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Good seamless things. Yeah, professional Excellent. to the T. Yeah. What else are you going to shout out, dude? You said there was something else you were going to say. Did I? Yeah, just before I said that. Stop it. Stop putting the pressure on me. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm absolutely sure. Excellent. Good. All right. Well, as long as you're sure, that's okay. Now I'm freaking out. <laughs> you're evil. I am going through. Mike M's put up a really cool Iron Throne. Yeah, that was wicked, actually. That's amazing, isn't it? That's the sort of thing I do not need to see. From Game of Thrones, I do, yeah. I do like me a bit of uh, Game of Thrones. In fairness, if they were brief, oh, pardon me, a decent Game of Thrones model game, I think I'd be all over that. Yeah. Now, well, I, in fact, have I you don't even. Into it? I don't. I haven't even looked into it. Well, I'm going to now. Are all right. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to yeah, look. Into I wouldn't. That. No. Probably. Ben House's Custodes collection looks pretty ace as well, and he's put up a video of it. Yeah, that is. It's very good. I don't know why I'm saying that as if I've just seen it. I saw that a while ago. It's nice to go scroll back through groups, though. It is, actually. It is nice. I'm just flicking back through now that there's some cool scenery made out of uh, of some polystyrene by Tom. Very good. All right, guys. Well, um, we've got an exciting Interbards to talk about next. More um, Lord of the Rings, but also Dan got to play Outland, so we're going to have a chat about that. See you on the other side. Hi guys, and welcome to Into the Wilds. Um, So, carrying on our theme of Lord of the Rings, Dan's got some stuff to talk about for that, but one of the things that we managed to do is is get down down to Bob and Gaming Club to have an intro game with Outlands with um John and Ross from Kids Curse Games. So I think you want to talk about that, don't you, Dan? Yeah, I mean for, first off, what a couple of losers. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Couple of legends. No, it was great. I went into the what the true wilds really, down to Bobmin. Um and no, Blizzland, mate. Well, yeah, Blizzland. Yeah, goodness me. <laughs> goodness me. So, um, first thing, dude, I was disappointed. I thought that, you know, at the gaming club, there would have been pasties available for all. I was disappointed. And no stereotypes involved. No stereotypes at all. Um, no, so I got to play Outlands and I, I really flippin' enjoyed it, mate. Like, I know you've come on and talked about it. Um, a few times, but getting a chance to play through. I really like the activation thing. So yeah. um, basically, you, you have the active player, don't you? Um, yeah. Who rolls to see if their guys are going to be able to take an action um, or if the enemy's going to be able to take an action based on how much sort of life and energy the guys have got. So um, a typical dude, typical man's got three wounds so we'd roll three dice and on a three plus he gets to make an action and on a one or a two you give that dice to your opponent and that goes into their sort of reaction pool um and after every sort of thing that you do 
your opponent can react, can choose to use those dice to react to it. I really yeah. liked that mechanic. Um, and I like the fact that based on who was the active player the turn before, as well as a couple of other factors, worked out who would be the active player the next turn. So you, potentially you could be the active player a few turns in a row, but the more active you were, the the higher the chances that you would then fall to be the reactive player. Mm. Um, yep. And you're going out looking for spice and picking up spice. So there's something to actually play around. I really like the heroic actions. Um, fire on the move, I thought was a good one. Um, was quite funny because <laughs> I had all my guys uh, and I was sort of carefully moving out here. And then I had one guy who in like turn three, we switched over to like more advanced stuff. And it turned out that this person was really, really fast, a little bit crazy and had a massive sword. And I just had them run across the board and cut up three of Ross's dudes, um, or two or three <laughs> of Ross's dudes, which was so corn of me. It was mad. Um, only five models, uh, so not not a big buy-in, and it's any five as well. Um, and what I think the bit, my favourite bit, is the progression because yeah. it to me it, it's it's easy to track, um, and you can it's the sort of game I can see myself. I've I've already spoken to a couple of people up here about getting some models starting to play it um, and just every now and then like popping it in play a game of play a game of outlands carry on doing whatever we're doing play a game of that but all along your war band is is sort of gaining experience and and growing in that way in what it can do yeah and and, and because it's so, it's largely driven by narrative or can you know is encouraged you, you can create those stories around your gang as well because of those progressions yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely urge if anyone's listening who is looking for something a bit different, um, something that's not um, the the normal sort of your turn, their turn, your turn, my turn type mechanic. Um, really, it doesn't matter what setting you want to play it in. Although they have written um, written a cool setting of their own, but you can use Outlands in in most settings, really by yeah, yeah. Um, adding in or taking away certain weapons or what have you. So I just think it's a really good rule set. And I'm not just saying that. Um, I genuinely do. I had, a, I had a real blast playing it. I really went away feeling like I wanted to set up a gang and start seeing it progress. Yeah. Um, I like the fact as well that you can make, you know, you can really make your gang your own and, and have different members of it doing different you know you can have your sniper specialist with those abilities um you can have your combat specialist you can have your sneaky people you can have your medics it's all in yeah, there yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever is, yeah. you whatever you want to try so yeah i thought it was jolly good fun and if anybody is interested i would definitely pick up a set of the rules because they're damn reasonable um and it's well worth well worth a playthrough it is i mean if you're a wargamer, you will have enough models to do it, and you will have enough scenery, and the rule set really, I think it's a tenner, if that. Um, so, I, I just think it's, I think it's ace. I've said it all along, but um, I'm really glad you got to play it, and it was really exciting to see you enjoying it so much. So, because I quite like to be able to whoop your ass across the table with it as well, with this jolly slapper. <laughs>
Mind you, I missed out on the Jolly Slapper. Did you? It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that's worth saying about that, we've said, mentioned in the past, um, they have a, a, a community on Facebook that's worth following simply because, you know, the guys are putting out, they put out free rules effectively and free content um, and updates, you know, so it's just worth getting involved with them. Um, and they're genuinely passionate about it. It's the underlining ethos for the whole thing is to make it as accessible as possible so that, you know, you don't need a lot of money to play it. And I think that's pretty cool. Oh, it's excellent. It's really good. Really good. Did it weird you out being taught the game by the people who wrote it? No, because I think, like, when you're um, as uh, important a celebrity as I am, you need that sort of... (laughs) uh, You deserve that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. Awesome. So, um, that's Outland. You wanted to talk a little bit about um, Lord of the Rings, didn't you? Lord of the Rings. I am really catching the bug again, man. I really I know. I have I know. downloaded and I'm listening to the Fellowship of the Ring audiobook. Which is just making me laugh a lot because the hobbits are totally they've got like a good West Country accent going on. Yeah. On the audiobook, which makes me laugh. As, as they should. As they should. Um Alright, Deagle me lad, give me that ring. It's not quite like that, to be fair. But it's pretty much like that. Yeah. So that's excellent. So I'm really enjoying that. Um again, really, really enjoy and I know he's moving on to the community team. But I really enjoy listening to Adam talking about Lord of the Rings because he's so passionate. So I like catching up on all of that. And we're doing our battle companies. So um, ahead of the, the new game coming out. Um, I've forgotten that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, that's on the way oh. as well, dude. Um, so my battle company ventured into Lake Town um, as a group of orcs would, obviously. Um, got merrily drunk at the tavern. Um, one of them got arrested and put in jail, not for being an orc, but just for being drunk and disorderly. Uh, and I had to rescue him, which I promptly did. In fact, what happened is my wag that joined me last week ran around the board and rescued him. Well, my other guys just completely failed to shoot stuff. Um, we tried Box out some piercing man. strike rules, so they're like extra little rules for different types of weapon. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty good. Um, I can see why Adam was alluding to them being adjusted because piercing strike was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> my captain was like on a mission to stab everything. Um, my orc, uh, what was my orc called? I think, sorry, my, my roster sheet is here somewhere. <laughs> Lugbag, the legendary spearman. He Excellent. speared a couple more people to get him up to uh, enough experience to roll on the chart. So he's now a Moranonork of great renown. Um, Nagduff, my splimmin arrow hero, is a Muppet, can't hit a barn door. Um, and Uflug, who's another... No, uh, not Uflug. Muzgaz, that's right. Muzgaz dies in every game, so he's not going anywhere soon. But I've got um I've got my wag is sort of half painted, 
And then I've got Uflug, the Uruk High, Mordor Uruk High. So I've got to get me a pack of them, actually. Um, he's joining me from my next battle as well. He, he heard about me with his renown and, uh, with my renown, sorry, and he's joined my warband. So yeah. And what I'm going to do is paint up. So like, I need to buy a box of Moran and Orcs at some point and I'm going to paint. I only need one, but I'll buy the box and paint them all because it starts to put me in a good position for when the game comes out. I th- I think um I think one of the things I really like about it is how um how it starts to grow a little force. Yeah. Because as much as you don't need all the models in your unit, you you end up buying a box of Moran and Orcs to add to you, you see what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're serving as individuals. So it's a it's a nice sort of way to grow an army in a, in its own way. And um I really like it. I do like it. Um, it's good. I'm really cl- glad to hear you doing, you know, getting stuck in with it, dude, because I really like the Lord of the Rings rule set a lot. Really well, what's do. also cool is White Dwarf is supporting it. So there's a number of battle companies come out in White Dwarf. Yeah, and, and scenarios as well. Have you seen the customised measuring devices? I have. Yeah, you shared them with me. They're all swords. Swords and axes. That looks amazing. Completely not needed at all, but looks incredible. What do you mean not needed? Well, you've got tape measure, haven't you? Yeah, but everyone needs a sword-shaped measurer. And if they didn't realise that before they have it, then as soon as they saw the box, they'll realise that they needed a sword-shaped measure. (laughs) I really want to do Minas Tirith, ma'am. Properly do Minas Tirith. Oh, dude, that's such a pipe dream. It's unbelievable. Not like the whole of Minas Tirith. I mean, like, do... Well, more Gondor, I suppose. So have, like, the men of Minas Tirith. Yeah. And then have the fiefdoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. Dolom Roth. And the a- Axemen of Lamadon. Oh. Yes, no, they would be cool. Yeah, they would be... No. What are they called? I know what you Clansmen mean. Clansmen yeah. of Lamadon and Axemen of Losanak. Yeah. Even the Dolom Roth, like, bloody men-at-arms with pikes, you know, just want a load of them. Oh, such a game. There is a lot of new rules in the in the new White Dwarf, isn't there? So you've got a scenario called the Baggage Train, yep. and then you have Ossilia, Rangers of the North, Sirith Ungol, and Khan. So there's, yeah, there's, it's wicked, isn't it? Rangers of the North is cool. It's a battle company of only heroes. There are no warrior class in there. So there's only four of them. It's only one less than the elves. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Well, one last thing to talk about is the Super Star Destroyer. (laughs) It's £166. Yeah, but it's big enough to kill someone with. It's massive. Obviously, scale-wise, it's just miles out. But... Like you said, quite rightly, you'd have to print it onto a board. <laughs> I thought that was an excellent bad. response. Much like the uh, the Death Star map that you can get, which is just like the Death Star Trench. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, love that. Yeah, I. It's awesome, man. And I love it. Armada is the what is my favourite. Of the yeah, not X Wing. Yeah, not X Wing. Armada. Um. 
I'm not really interested in dogfighting games, particularly. Um, you know, I was interested in that Battle of Britain one, or Blood, Blood Red, Red Skies. Skies, and I didn't end up going for it. I just, I don't know, I prefer the big ponderous stuff like battleships and space battles and yeah that's why i'm liking the look of titanicus maybe it's because mm. i am fairly large and ponderous maybe that is possible i think that model is ace oh yeah I, I really do it looks it looks amazing um which is nice because I've been sl- slightly disappointed with the Star Wars Legion stuff. So it's nice to see a, a model that they've released which is good again. Mm. Which is a terrible thing to say, but I'm sorry. I'd... Han Solo was just shocking. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the worst models I've seen. Um, especially when in a, in a digital sculpting world, you can take a digital map of his face and put it on a digital sculpt. Mm. It's just, it's just bad, 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 bad. But that there we are. It's got to be a big because that there's a picture that I put up on the the two Bs, and it's got the Victory class Star Destroyer, the Imperial Star Destroyer, and then that. Now that Imperial Star Destroyer is pretty damn big. Anyway. It's a big model. Um, so that thing is flipping huge. Yeah. I wonder how big it is. Big enough that it requires two bases. Big. So you're going to get one, that's the question. No. No, I don't think so. <laughs> you can just drool over it from a distance. Yeah, well... It's one of those... Get, I could quite easily get back into playing that because you don't have to paint anything. So that's nice. Um, and, uh, I, but I don't need to. No. The trouble is, like, one of the barrier, the biggest barrier to buying more Warhammer, like, mental barrier, outside of the money stuff we've previously discussed, is knowing you've got other Warhammer to work on. So, yes, when yeah. you don't have to paint stuff, yeah, I need that barrier in my life, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so, I do. I was just scrolling through the article to see if it actually said how long it is or something, but it, it doesn't. Long enough that if you strapped it to a broom handle, you could use it as a spear. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. Right, guys. Um... In a, you know, homage to Looney Tunes, that is all, folks. Um, <laughs> I'm exhausted, and <laughs> I guess everyone else is too, listening to us bang on for an hour and a half, two hours. Um, thank you very much for joining us for episode 28. Um, as always, we're always up for a chat at the Two Piece Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Um, and we do have a website. We do post articles on it. Um, hoping to expand that a bit um do more articles um already got a painter guide on there i'll probably put painter guide for every new thing that i paint on so that's worth keeping an eye on that now i suppose um but thank you very much for joining us 
yeah, thank you guys. Have uh, have a great couple of weeks of hobbying, and um, we'll catch you soon. Bye.